Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? If you have, the best answer for doing one is Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, posting, and distributing your podcast. Anchor is available to download for your Apple or Android devices, or you can go to anchor.fm. Best of all, it's 100% free and so easy to use. So what are you waiting for? If you want to start your own podcast, download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. is the Mofobo Network Podcast, bringing you the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Now, here's your host, Neil Villapiano. What is going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast the best podcast to get the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check this episode out wherever you're listening to this. I do greatly, greatly appreciate all the support that you guys give me. We always have great topics to discuss here on the MoFobo Network podcast, and today is certainly no exception as, you know, I don't do this often, but I know a lot of people tend to like when I have these type of situations where I want to go on a rant. Today is a rant day. You know, it's it's the Tuesday. I need to get I need to get some energy going to get me through the rest of this week. And what I saw last night in the Monday night football game between the New York Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has convinced me that I needed to do a rant because I think this is very important. First of all, I am a New York Giants fan, so you might assume that this is more of just the fan in me speaking, but I'm going to also bring up some facts and just the honest truth about Daniel Jones that I don't even need to defend because it's just in plain sight. So we're going to be discussing Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the New York Giants in his second year in the Big Apple. And I'm going to tell you why Daniel Jones, without a doubt, is a big, big problem. So we have a bunch to get through to talk about this. So without further ado, let's kick some mofobo. So let's kind of bring you up to speed from, you know, Daniel Jones when he was in college to now halfway through his second season in the National Football League. Going back to when Daniel Jones played in college, he went to Duke University. He was a three-year starter at, from 2015 to 2018 or 2016 to 2018 to be exact. And this was his stats through his three years as the starter at Duke University. He threw for 8,201 yards. 52 touchdowns, and 29 interceptions. His record was exactly at 500 at 19 and 19. When the Giants went into the 2019 NFL Draft, they held the number six overall pick. And I think it was pretty obvious at that point that the Giants were looking to try to draft the franchise quarterback. Now, there was some, you know, rumblings that came around that maybe the Giants were not going to take a quarterback. They were going to look for someone like, linebacker Josh Allen, or even Devin Bush Jr., which I think 
looking now, it would have been nice to have one or, one or two of those guys. You know, and, you know, the Giants also had a mid-first-round pick that they got in the trade for Odell Beckham Jr. So they did have an opportunity to get some pretty impactful players right away. But when it came down to the quarterback position, it was pretty clear that after Kyler Murray, who was without a doubt going to go number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals, there was pretty much a consensus that Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State was going to be the second quarterback pick. And then, you know, two, three weeks before the draft actually happened, you know, you started to hear about Daniel Jones. And I didn't even know who Daniel Jones was. I didn't really understand exactly, you know, why was he so coveted? Why was he so highly ranked on, on some people's boards? Didn't get it. Um, I didn't think, honestly, the Giants were going to end up taking Daniel Jones. I did believe, like probably a lot of Giants fans, that they were either going to take Dwayne Haskins or they were going to take a defensive player. Because when you look at the draft class this past year in 2020 with the quarterbacks, and also considering where the Giants ended up with their pick this year at number four, you know, it, it really, you really felt like maybe the Giants will just try to upgrade their defense and offensive lines, and then they'll draft a quarterback next year when Eli most likely will retire. Because, you know, that's eventually what Eli did after the 2019 season. But nonetheless, the Giants came into this draft and it, from what I guess David Gettleman did by, you know, doing what he did in this draft, he pretty much, you know, showed us what he was looking for. And we got to pick number six and there was a little bit of nervousness, no lie, because David Gettleman at this point, other than Saquon Barkley and even Darius Slayton, who we found out later in his rookie year that he really was a solid pick, David Gettleman has not done well with his draft selections, uh, very much like Jerry Reese when he was the GM of the Giants. But the Giants got to the sixth pick, and we were just kind of wondering. It just felt like at this point it really could be anybody. But I don't think Daniel Jones was the guy that we all expected to be picked. But sure enough, with the sixth overall pick, the Giants took Daniel Jones. And that was the laughable pick of the first round. It was one that everybody said, that is a big reach. And you saw Dwayne Haskins was, was very livid because I think he believed he was the second best quarterback in that draft class and that he deserved to be picked by the Giants. He ended up being picked in the middle of the first round by one of the Giants rivals in Washington. So, I mean, you know, it, it, you knew right then and there that Giants fans like myself were worried that, oh, Dwayne Haskins was going to make life miserable for the Giants for the next handful of years being the starting quarterback in Washington. And we'll get back to Dwayne Haskins in just a few minutes. But the Giants took Daniel Jones with the number six overall pick. They, they did take Dexter Lawrence as well with the 18th pick, but that's, but that's not important. The important part is that Daniel Jones was taken. And I remember somebody I was talking to because I was actually at the draft party at MetLife Stadium when the Giants selected Daniel Jones. And a lot of people that I spoke to were just like, when has there ever been a really good Duke quarterback? you know, in the NFL. Not, not really. You know, interestingly enough, the Giants had a Duke quarterback way back in the day in Daniel Brown, um, which somebody that I know very closely continues to say, instead of Daniel Jones, continues to say Daniel Brown. Uh, he gets him mixed up. But at this point, I don't really think it matters all that much. Nonetheless, you go into this, this past season, not the one we're in now, but this past season, and Obviously, it was clear that the expectation was Daniel Jones would eventually take over for Eli Manning. And Eli started the year and he lost the first two games. And that, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't 
something as much of a surprise because let's face it, Pat Shermer was still the head coach. The team was, was pretty poor. And we knew that the season was going to be a lost season right from the get-go. But after the first two games, Pat Shermer and the Giants front office made the choice to make Daniel Jones the starting quarterback. And I think Eli, you know, unlike when he got benched a couple of years ago for Geno Smith, Eli knew this was coming and he wasn't going to be, you know, fully upset. Of course, he wants to continue to go out there and perform it and try to help the, help the team win. But I think he also knew that his time was pretty much, you know, running out at that point. Um, but nonetheless, Daniel Jones comes in and proceeds to win his first two games as a starter, winning that dramatic game against the Bucs, albeit the Bucs lost it to themselves by missing a field goal at the end of the game. And then, honestly, we had probably Daniel Jones' best game of his career so far in when he balled out against the Washington, well, they were the Redskins last year, but they, they played Washington, beat them up pretty, pretty easily. Uh, fun fact also, uh, if anybody remembers Dwayne Haskins, did come in for Case Keenum in the middle of that game and didn't look all too hot. And at this point, it sounds like Dwayne Haskins is going to be, you know, let go in, you know, whether it's being traded or released or whatever, um, you know, he's not going to be at Washington much longer. So when you really look at it, uh, the Giants kind of luck didn't really luck out either way with Daniel Jones or if they had taken Dwayne Haskins. I mean, Dwayne Haskins could have done better than Daniel Jones in New York. I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that, but it looks like neither one of these quarterbacks uh, is going to be a starting quarterback anytime soon, especially Dwayne Haskins. But I think Daniel Jones is getting close to that point, in my opinion. But the Giants fan base was very excited after those two games because all of a sudden, you know, we're two and two and it's looking really good. And Daniel Jones is, is you know, seems to be, you know, ever so slowly developing. And unfortunately, the Giants would win all of one more game that year. Uh, and Daniel Jones, I believe, was not even the – or no, he was the starter when they won that game, I believe. But nonetheless, the Giants ended up with three, four wins last year. And, it, 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 you know, it was, it was somewhat to be expected. It really was uh, that the team was not going to do well. Um, and then obviously, as we know, Eli Manning retired and Daniel Jones finished his rookie year. And in his rookie year, this was his stats uh, when it was all said and done. Daniel Jones had a 61.9 completion percentage. He threw for just over 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions with, I think, seven or eight fumbles. So right then and there, it, it was clear that Daniel Jones had a fumbling issue, had a turnover issue in general, uh, but more, more of a fumbling issue than maybe interception-wise uh, his rookie year. And so that was really the question going into the offseason because David Gettleman fired Pat Shermer as the head coach. They got rid of the coaching staff. I still thought that David Gettleman also should have been fired because, quite frankly, he hasn't done the job. And, you know, considering the halfway point of this year with the Giants having just one win and at times just not even, you know, especially with their quarterback just regressing very poorly, David Gettleman will probably not be the general manager when this season is over. Um, and if he is, he'll probably get fired in the offseason. I think that's just probably what you're going to end up seeing. But you know, Daniel Jones already going into his second year was going to get his second head coach, second offensive coordinator, you know, just second coaching staff in general. They hired Joe Judge, which a lot of people, including myself, were kind of scratching our heads saying, you know, is this really the guy that we feel is going to be the right fit for this Giants team? They hired Jason Garrett, who longtime head coach and also offensive coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, comes over as the OC. And again, it was 
you know, I think there was more optimism with Jason Garrett because he had done well as an OC to get the head coaching job. So I thought that, well, maybe he could be a better OC than he was a head coach. Um, and in some aspects, not all, but in some, he has improved the team, you know, play calling wise. Not very much last night, but, you know, in general, I think the play calling has been a little bit better. Uh, but it still needs a lot of work nonetheless. But, you know, going into this year, the Giants knew that they had to really, you know, take some positive strides. First of all, I think they just had to win more games because it was pretty clear from the media and from a lot of people in the NFL world that David Gettleman, this was probably going to be his last year. And he had to win something like eight or nine, maybe even 10 games to justify keeping his job. Because the Maris, in particular, you know, you know, Mr. Mara in particular, he wanted to keep David Gettleman, I guess, at least for one more year. And, you know, David Tisch did not. He wanted him fired. Um, so obviously ownership did not see eye to eye and maybe they'll see more eye to eye as the season progresses, because quite frankly, let's face it, the giants are going nowhere fast, uh, especially with the quarterback that they have. But again, I will get to all of my ranting in just a few minutes, but I wanted to kind of bring you guys up to speed with everything in case you're not a giants fan. And in case you haven't been you know, following this, which is understandable, but obviously there was a lot of pressure from David Gettleman to make this team better right away, even though it was a rebuilding team. They had to show progression. They had to start winning some games. And right away from the first game, you knew that Daniel Jones was going to have a rough year because he made some very poor decisions against the Steelers. And in many of the other games so far this season, through eight games, he has almost single-handedly cost the Giants a victory. And we'll get into that in just a second. But the first big, you know, loss, if you really want to call it, was obviously when the Giants lost Saquon Barkley in week two against Chicago. And he torn his ACL, done for the year. So right away, Daniel Jones, who had all of his weapons, so to speak, for all of, what, a quarter and a half? You know, that was it. You know, and again, Daniel Jones doesn't have the world's greatest amount of weapons around him, and I understand that. And it would be nice to get him some, some you know, high-caliber weapons and a really solid offensive line. And we're going to talk about those things, especially with what we saw last night against the Buccaneers. But, you know, when you look at the first eight games, including last night, seven of them, or I would say six of them, because obviously one of them was a win, six of them, the Giants have been, you know, super competitive, okay? The Giants have been super competitive in every game but one, in my opinion. So that's seven out of eight you know, every game but one. And that was when they got blown out week three or four against uh, San Francisco. So that was, and that was, by the way, that was, by the way, against a bunch of backups because no Jimmy Garoppolo, no George Kittle, no Bosa, no Solomon Thomas, and they still got blown out. I mean, that was, that was pretty much that. But the Giants are competing very, very much. And they really like playing for Joe Judge. He gives them a lot of confidence, a lot of emotional, you know, boost. And this team really plays hard for Joe Judge. And that, as a Giants fan, is great to see because it just shows that, you know, this team can compete. This team can fight. We just need more pieces. The only piece that the Giants, I feel like at times, are missing is a legitimate NFL quarterback. And Daniel Jones is not that, in my opinion. I tried defending him all of last season and even early on this year. But after week two, when he threw an interception, in the end zone as the Giants were looking to score a touchdown to win the game and, you know, you know, get some 
momentum, he threw an interception and lost in the game. So that's pretty frustrating. But let's go through those games that I mentioned that I felt Daniel Jones cost them the win. First of all, you had week one against the Steelers. And I remember Daniel Jones, as the Giants were driving to go to get a go-ahead score, he throws a miserable lame duck throw that goes up in the air and is intercepted right in the end zone as the Giants were looking to score. And the Giants ended up losing 26 to 16 uh, against the Steelers team that's still undefeated. So they competed pretty well against, quote unquote, the best team in football record-wise. Uh, I still got to wait, but, but the Steelers are getting pretty damn close to really you know, making their mark as the best team overall in football this year. Then you go to week two, like I mentioned, throws a pick in the end zone. His team was looking for the game-winning score. They lost 17-13. to 13. So that was frustrating because, again, had an opportunity to go down and win the game. Quarterback turns it over. Two weeks later, they're in L.A. taking on the Rams. Giants are driving. They're down 17-9. to nine. Daniel Jones had just made a huge play on his feet. I think he, he had a scramble for like 20, 25 yards. And then the very next play, he steps up in the pocket, and he has a wide-open field. He could just scramble for 10, 15 yards, get a first down, first and goal. You have plenty of time. He steps up, throws a pick that w- throws a ball that was so easily read by the defender on the Rams. He intercepts it, game over, Giants lose 17 to 9. So right there, that's already three games that Daniel Jones has cost, you know, with a mistake that he made. Then you go to the Cowboys. And yes, I know the Cowboys ended up winning on a game-winning field goal. The defense could have made a stop. I get that. But if you go back earlier in that game, Daniel Jones fumbled the football, was recovered by the Cowboys, and they later scored to take the lead, which obviously then the Giants ended up tying the game anyway. But if you take away that fumble that resulted in a touchdown, Giants win that game. That's just my opinion. Giants win that game. So that's four. That's four already. Then you go back to two Thursdays ago, Thursday night football, Giants are in Philadelphia. They haven't won in Philadelphia since 2016 and haven't beaten the Eagles, I think, since 2017, I think, or it, was, it might have been 2016 as well. But the Giants had an 11-point lead with six minutes to go. And this wasn't fully on Daniel Jones, but there was some blame that had to be made as well. First of all, obviously, Daniel Jones threw a perfect pass to Evan Ingram, who just flat out dropped it. That's not on Daniel Jones. Great throw. You know, tremendous, you know, ball, you know, positioning. But, you know, Evan Ingram blew it. The Giants defense, as they've been doing all year long, holding on for dear life, playing as well as you possibly could. But it was a – it's a bend but don't break defense. And, and, it, and it, unfortunately, it's broken a lot of the times, quite frankly, because the defense has to go out there so many times because their offense, particularly the quarterback, is turning over the football way too much. Way, way, way too much. But obviously, the Eagles went down and took the lead up 22-21. Giants get the football back. And at this point, if you're a Giants fan, you already knew how this was going to go. Somehow, somebody on this team was going to turn over the football and the Giants were going to lose. On, I think, the second or third play of that drive, Daniel Jones steps up in the pocket. He's looking to his left, and Evan Ingram is standing there wide open looking to make the catch. If he makes that catch, he has enough to get the first down and also get out of bounds. But, at the, but unfortunately, Daniel Jones held the football way too long, which he does a lot as well. He got hit from behind, fumbled the football yet again. Eagles recovered. Giants lost 22-21. to 21. So that's five. That's five games, okay? Like that, you know, that's just 
It's just bad. And then it got worse last night. And I know the Giants lost by two points. I know that they lost on a controversial, you know, picking up the flag when it should have been pass interference on the, you know, on the two-point conversion. But we'll get into that in just a second. But last night, Daniel Jones threw two of the worst interceptions I have ever seen from a quarterback. I'm not sure exactly where he was looking, who he was throwing that to, or whatever. But he threw two interceptions, which resulted in 10 points to the Buccaneers. You take away those two interceptions, and even if you don't get points if you're the Giants, you still win the football game. You still beat, arguably, the second-best team in the NFC with Tom Brady, with Rob Gronkowski, with Mike Evans, with that defense that's led by the very talented defensive coordinator in Todd Bowles. Like, you really had a chance to, to make, get a statement victory that a lot of people would give you a lot of credit for, and it would have been fun just to see Tom Brady get pissed off. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was fun seeing him get mad a lot of the times last night with that defense playing as well as it possibly could with what they had. But the Giants still ended up losing 25-23. to 23. And, yes, I do think it, it was pass interference on Deion Lewis. I think Whitehead totally interfered with them. They threw the flag originally, and then they picked it up. They picked it up primarily because it's Tom Brady. And it, it's, it's also, are you really going to give Daniel Jones and the Giants a chance to somehow, you know, tie this game? You know, I, I just think that was the case. Also, Giants fans, let's be real. The Giants would have had another shot to go for two. I don't think they still would have gotten it. And if you look at that play, that play that resulted in the pass interference that, was, that the flag was picked up, Daniel Jones threw that ball late. He had Deion Lewis open. That should have been a catch the football, turn to your right, and throw it. That should have been, that should have been it. But he waited too long, allowed Whitehead, who was on the other side of the field, come all the way over and somehow be able to make somewhat of a play. You know, and that was just it. Also, Daniel Jones overthrew receivers three, four times. Go back to when Daniel Jones, albeit he threw it off his back foot, and, you know, that's not an easy throw, but you still can make it. You, you're still an NFL quarterback, and you should be able to make that throw. Threw it off his back foot, and Sterling Shepard's wide open, but Daniel Jones overthrew him. He overthrew on the interception, the first one, and then he underthrew on the second interception. And then let's go to the drive that resulted in the touchdown that almost tied this game, right? Daniel Jones gets the ball last. What a surprise. You don't think in my head I was already thinking that Daniel Jones was going to throw an interception or fumble to lose the game? I did. And you know what? Twice on that drive, Daniel Jones, first play, almost threw a pick. I think a few plays later, right before the second fourth down, almost threw a pick again. He nearly threw an interception anyway. And the Bucs were basically saying, beat us. Because they were giving Daniel Jones opportunities, and Daniel Jones was still making mistakes. But you got to give credit where credit is due. He was able to convert on two fourth downs, albeit, you know, Darius Slayton made one hell of a play to get the first one, and Evan Ingram made a good job to get the second one. And then he makes a gorgeous throw to where only Golden Tate can, can make the play, and that was only, what, the second or third play that Golden Tate was involved in the entire game, other than that great throw that he made to Sterling Shepard, which I think they should run that play more. I mean, sometimes I wonder if Golden Tate should be the starting quarterback for this football team. But nonetheless, Golden Tate makes that great catch, touchdown Giants. All of a sudden, it's like 
we get a two point conversion, we're going to overtime. Uh, and then obviously we saw what happened with, you know, originally it looked like it was going to be pass interference, reps pick up the flag, the Giants end up losing. And I gave Joe Judge a lot of credit for getting really pissed off, cussing at the reps. I love it. It's exactly how every Giants fan feels in that moment. We're all saying that that was ridiculous and everything. I will say also that the Bucs, if you, if you really think you're the second best or even the best team in the NFC, you got some work to do considering the fact that you nearly lost to a one-win Giants team with Daniel Jones as their quarterback. I, I just got to say, you, you did, there's a lot of work, especially because you're playing the Saints next week. You got, you got to really tighten a lot of things up, especially offensively, because most of the first half, they looked piss poor. And even in the second half, they did score, but only because they were in great field position because Daniel Jones threw two boneheaded interceptions. But let's talk about Daniel Jones for a minute here. I want to bring you some stats that you guys might not actually believe. Some of you might remember the great, great, and I'm being sarcastic here, but the great Jamarcus Russell, who was considered to be possibly the biggest draft bust in NFL history when he played for the Raiders and was out of shape, and he was terrible. Now, albeit, the Raiders weren't that good anyway, so he didn't have a whole lot of help. But nonetheless, Jamarcus Russell was pretty bad. Through Jamarcus Russell's first 21 games in the National Football League, he had 14 interceptions and 16 fumbles. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Through 21 games of his NFL career, Daniel Jones, 21 interceptions and 23 fumbles. Let me, let me repeat that. 21 interceptions and 23 fumbles. You mean to tell me that through 21 games, Daniel Jones has worse stats than Jamarcus Russell? Oh, and here's another great statistic for you guys. And this was actually reported by Jordan Renan this morning when he, you know, the beat writer for ESPN for the Giants. He said the turnover count for Jones is up to 35 in 20 career starts. He's played in 21 games, but it's 20 career starts. A pace matched in the past 22 years by only former San Diego Chargers quarterback Ryan Leaf, who before Jamarcus Russell was considered the biggest draft bust in NFL history. Guys, Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. He's not. He will make some plays that you say, oh, that was a great throw. He throws a great football. Do not get me wrong. But his mistakes have cost the Giants so many wins this year. The Giants could be, I'm not even making this up, the Giants could be 6-2. and two. They could. And, and you're running away with this division. If Daniel Jones just didn't make those mistakes. And yes, before everybody flies off the handle, I know that the offensive line hasn't been great the last several years. It's been really bad. I know that the Giants haven't had the world's greatest receiving core. They did have Odell Beckham, but they traded him. They have a once-in-a-generational talent at running back in Saquon, but now he's hurt in his third year. And, you know, with the offensive line being the way it's been most of this year and probably looking – towards the future, how many more years does Saquon have left before he's like, I don't want to be in New York anymore because of this? You know, you, you have to ask that question. But let's talk about some of the other players involved in the game last night. And let's see if they did good or bad. First of all, the offensive line, in my opinion, had arguably its best game of the entire season with Andrew Thomas having probably his best game. I don't think, they, I don't think his man ever sacked 
Daniel Jones. I, I know that he guarded mostly JPP, and JPP did get a sack, but that was only because Daniel Jones scrambled out of the pocket. Shane Lemieux had his first start of his career in the NFL, another rookie offensive lineman. He was in for Will Hernandez, who tested positive for COVID-19 earlier this, early this past week, and I, I really do hope that he's doing okay, by the way. Shane Lemieux also did very well. Kevin Zeitler, Gates, they did a very solid job. Daniel Jones, I think, was sacked only two or three times. And he was only pressured, I think, six or seven times. And I know on the second interception, he was pressured, but it was a very poor decision by Daniel Jones nonetheless. The Giants offensive line did a really good job of giving Daniel Jones an opportunity. They also gave guys like Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, and Alfred Morris, you guys remember Alfred Morris, chances to run the football and run the football pretty well. I mean, Wayne Gallman had two or three really good runs of 10, 15 yards because that offensive line did a good job of blocking. And this is against the top five defense, a, a top five defense that's been praised from the first game, you know, with Todd Bowles being the really good offensive coordinator, that, uh, excuse me, defensive coordinator that he is. He really is. You know, he's not a great head coach. He's a great defensive coordinator. I, I would love to have a guy like him. Um, let, so, so obviously the offensive line did as good of a job as it could. Receivers and running backs, when the ball was put in, in a position where they had to make the play, they did, they did what they needed to do. They caught the ball. Evan Ingram caught every single pass that he possibly could. Twice the ball was overthrown by Daniel Jones, not on Evan Ingram. He redeemed himself and really stepped up, and I give him a lot of credit. Darius Slayton did what he had to do. Sterling Shepard did what he had to do. Golden Tate, when he was involved, which I don't really understand why we don't involve him. I feel like we should just get rid of him if we're just not going to involve him in the offense. He did what he could. Wayne Goldman, Morris, Deion Lewis, they all stepped up. They all stepped up. And then you talk about the defense. That was arguably the defense's best game. And I know the Giants' defense has given up fewer points in other games. But if you look at it, the, the Giants' defense gave up 15 points. Now, of course, you know, some of you are going to say, no, Neil, that's not correct. They gave up 25 points. Well, not really. I, like I said before, both of those interceptions that Daniel Jones threw resulted in 10 points. The Giants' defense had just gotten off the field. And before they could even sit down and have a cup of water, Daniel Jones already turned over the ball, and the defense had to go back out there and stop again. So when a quarterback throws an interception or turns over the football himself, and then, you know, the team who gets the ball, you know, recovers the ball, goes and scores a, a touchdown or field goal, I never put those points on the defense. I put it on the offense. I put it on the quarterback. So the Giants' defense gave up only 15 points. 10 of those points were single-handedly given away by Daniel Jones. That is unacceptable. Absolutely 100% unacceptable. Daniel Jones has thrown nine interceptions so far this season. He threw just 12 last year. Daniel Jones is going to end up with more interceptions and probably more fumbles than he did last year. Now, it seemed, you know, he didn't fumble the ball at all last night, and I give him credit there. Maybe he fixed it a little bit. But the fact that now this is his second coaching staff and he's still turning over the ball like crazy just proves that this guy is unfixable, in my opinion. He's unfixable. I just can't see it. The fact that now this is his second coaching staff and Daniel Jones is still turning over the ball as much as he is just proves he's, in my opinion, he's a lost cause. Daniel Jones, you know, he's a very, he could be a solid backup quarterback somewhere, but he's not a starting NFL quarterback especially for a bedrock franchise like the New York Giants. He's just not. He is the weakest link 
on this football team. The rest of the team competed last night. They did as best as they possibly could to win that football game. Daniel Jones single-handedly lost the game again for this Giants football team. And I'm done. I know other people want to continue to defend Daniel Jones and say, oh, let's get him more weapons. You know, let's get him better offensive line. I'm for that as well. Yes, we need to get more weapons. We need to make this offensive line at least somewhat half decent. If they play the offensive line, if they play like they played last night, Giants will be fine. If the receiving core and the running backs play like they played last night, which I think they're capable of considering that this team loves to play hard for Joe Judge, the Giants will be fine. But the fact that Daniel Jones is the only one that seems like he is not on the same page and he continues to cost the Giants wins is a problem. And you know that defense is getting pissed off because they're human and they think in their head, how many times do we have to go out there and make a big play and stop them and keep them from scoring? And then our quarterback just turns it over two plays later and we have to go back out there again. I mean, really? I mean, this, that, that, that's the frustrating part of watching this. Daniel Jones didn't do it as much last year, but this year the turnover situation has become a massive problem. It's a massive problem that is not fixable, in my opinion, with this guy. And the reads that sometimes Daniel Jones makes are not good. You know what was really embarrassing last night? When Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy were, you know, they were two of the broadcasters for ESPN for the Monday Night Football crew. They saw Daniel Jones finally throw the ball away as he was about to get sacked. Threw the ball away. Good job. They were laughing because the fact that it took Daniel Jones this long to finally make a good decision to just throw the ball away, which he could have done several other times in that game, including both times when he threw an interception, that's embarrassing. That it become a joke. And even last night on the second interception, Riddick and Greasy were, you could tell by the tone of their voice, they're shocked. They're like, I don't really know exactly what Daniel Jones is doing or what he's seeing. I don't get it. You know, usually former NFL players, they can somewhat give you a good idea as to what exactly was going through their mind. They can't with Daniel Jones. They absolutely cannot. And this is a problem. Daniel Jones was a massive reach by David Gettleman. Gettleman was trying to save his job by trying to hopefully get a franchise quarterback. It's not working out. David Gettleman has to be fired. And I think he will. This has been, this is, he's going to finish his third year and he's on his second head coach and the team has won 10 games. 10 games. How bad is that? Think about it. How bad is that? That as a general manager, halfway through your third season, you've won 10 games. You should be fired. I know the Giants ownership is big on keeping GMs longer than they probably should, but this is the time to move on from David Gettleman. Now, who should be the Giants general manager? Well, I have a big soft spot for Lewis Riddick. I think Lewis Riddick has the, the smarts. I think he has the opportunity I think he has the ability to do it, and I think he should be given an opportunity. He was interviewed for the Giants head coaching job, uh, GM job, you know, a couple of years ago when they ended up hiring David Gettleman. And I think Lewis Riddick understands exactly what the issues are with this Giants football team and knows how to fix them. I think he does. I think you keep Joe Judge. I think, he's, I think he is the right coach for this team. I just think that the quarterback is holding this team back from being an even more competitive football team. I just, that's what I think. I think Colt McCoy would give the Giants a better shot to win football games because I don't, re I don't ever recall seeing Colt McCoy turn over the ball 
this much. I have never seen a quarterback turn over the ball this much. That's, that's how bad this is. So that, that's what I'm saying. So to kind of wrap this up, because this was somewhat of a rant, not as much as you probably expect, but I'm pissed off because I'm done with Daniel Jones. I'm done. He's not a good quarterback. The Giants are not going to go anywhere with him. His ceiling was way too high. The fact that people think that he could still be an NFL starting caliber quarterback is incorrect in my opinion. I do think that the Giants need to get more weapons. But if Daniel Jones continues to single-handedly throw the football away and give it away to the other team, how can you blame that on the offensive line? How can you blame that on the receivers all the time? Yes, sometimes you can if it hits off their hand and then it's intercepted or if the offensive line just doesn't block and Daniel Jones gets hit right away. But the fact that Daniel Jones has turned over the ball in seven of the eight games this year is incredible consistency, incredibly embarrassing consistency. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And it just goes to show you that David Gettleman did not know what he was doing. He hasn't, he, he just hasn't, he's lost. He's lost. He's been lost since he got here. The Giants failed. That's really the exception. The Giants have failed. I'm sorry. They just have failed. And that's really what it is. So at the end of the day, Daniel Jones is a massive problem that is not fixable, in my opinion. I could be wrong. And I would love to be wrong. I would love for Daniel Jones to become a great NFL quarterback and help this football team get back to being a Super Bowl contender. But we're a year and a half into this, and Daniel Jones gets worse every single game, and he keeps losing games every single week. What's up, guys? It's your host, Neil Bell Piano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Mofobo Network podcast. I appreciate all the love and support that you guys give me. If you want to check out more of this podcast, you can like and subscribe to it on both Anchor and Spotify. Just search Mofobo, M-O-F-O-B-O Network, and you will find this podcast. We post new episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday. So if you want to get your sports fix in, make sure you like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network podcast. If you want to listen to me talk more about what's going on in the world of sports, you can like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network YouTube channel. That's right, Mofobo Network presents where just like here on the podcast, we have a topic to discuss that's going on in the world right now, and we discuss it. And sometimes it's about somebody who just passed away. We talk about their life and legacy. Sometimes it's a preview of, of something big that's going on. You know, it, whatever the case may be and whatever sport it is, we are going to be talking about it. We post new videos on that YouTube channel every single Wednesday. So Mofobo, M-O-F-O-B-O Network presents, and you can find it. Like and subscribe to that as well. And I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you want to stay up to date with both the podcast episodes as well as the new YouTube videos, please subscribe to the Mofobo Network Facebook page. So go on Facebook, type in M-O-F-O-B-O Network, and you can subscribe to it. And there I will post when the new podcast episodes are out and when the new YouTube videos are out. So between Tuesday and Thursday of every single week, you get sports content and just tremendous up-to-the-date news from yours truly. So please go subscribe to all of those and support me on there. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it.
make sure you also subscribe to the Devils State of Mind podcast, which is the New Jersey Devils hockey-based podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am the host of that podcast. And on that one, we discuss all things going on with the New Jersey Devils, all things hockey, and so much more. We have great guests to come on, great topics to discuss, and everything that you need. So if you need your up-to-the-date news with your New Jersey Devils, check out the Devil's State of Mind podcast because we got you covered. We post new episodes of the podcast every single Monday on anywhere you listen to podcasts. So whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search Hockey Podcast Network or Devil's State of Mind and you will find it. We have social medias for the podcast. We have a Twitter at Devil's State. We have an Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. And just like MoFobo, we have the Devil's State of Mind podcast Facebook page. On all of those, you can stay up to date with the new episodes, like I mentioned before, that we post every single Monday. And there's also a link within all three of those social medias where you can go to the main website of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, where if you bookmark it, you can stay right there with all the new episodes that we post. So please go subscribe to that as well and check it out. It's a lot of fun. And if you want to learn more about the game of hockey and learn more about a team like the New Jersey Devils or even just any of the other team-based podcasts that we have on the Hockey Podcast Network, go check those all out. Hockey Podcast Network or Devil's State of Mind, trust me, you will enjoy it. And last but certainly not least, Go check out my book right now on Amazon and also Barnes and Noble, J-E-T-S, Pain, Pain, Pain. It's about the pain and suffering of being a Jets fan for the Jets fan. That's right. If you want to learn about all the painful games, painful memories, painful player decisions, and everything else about the New York Jets, please go check out that book. I promise you, you'll love it. You'll either laugh, cry, you know, get in a lot of pain, or just a little bit of everything please go check that book out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. So if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, or if you just want to support me, please go check out my book again on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, J-E-T-S, Pain, Pain, Pain. My name is Neil Villapiano. Thank you once again for checking out this edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. And as I always say at the end of every single episode, whether it's here on the podcast or on the YouTube channel, Mofobo Network Presents, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what hardships you might be dealing with right now in your life, just remember every day when you wake up in the morning to think positively, have a smile on your face, and kick some mofobo. So thank you to everyone who listened today and God bless.